everyone. I'm Jenna Van Donselaar, the Connecticut field organizer for Young Evangelicals for Climate Action. And I'm Doug Clark. I'm a retired UCC pastor and a member of the Town Conservation Commission in Guilford, Connecticut. Doug and I have teamed up to produce a series of podcasts on Christianity and the intersecting crises of global warming, the coronavirus pandemic, and systemic racism. Our theme for this third podcast in our series is, in the words of Martin Luther King Jr., the fierce urgency of now. As Dr. King said in a sermon he preached at the Riverside Church in New York City on April 4, 1967, quote, we are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, there is such a thing as being too late. There is no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. We are also inspired by the words of James Baldwin, who said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. So Jenna, could you give us an idea of what we're facing in the year 2020, which is already half over? Sure, Doug. Climate scientists are telling us that we humans need to cut our ecological footprint in half during this decade of 2020 to 2030 in order to prevent the most catastrophic consequences of human-caused global warming. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has released several reports, and I've been particularly struck by the report on global, global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius. The short version of this report is, if we can't limit global warming to 1.5 degrees, life on this earth will be very difficult, and in many cases, deadly. While the Paris Agreement was designed to limit human-caused global warming to 2 degrees Celsius, this report shows that even those measures are likely not enough to dissuade catastrophic results. Even if warming is limited to only 1.5 degrees, we, we can expect to experience more extreme weather patterns, sea level rise, and more. And what's more, current global emissions put us right on track to warm by 1.5 degrees in the next decade. And environmentalists are telling us that we humans need to mend our broken relationship with nature in order to mitigate and adapt to the causes and consequences of global pandemics like the one we're facing right now. Black, brown, and indigenous leaders are telling us that we really need to face the reality of systemic racism, um, white supremacy, in order to overcome the disproportionate impact of both global warming and viral pandemics on their communities. Specifically, young women of color are telling us that if we don't work on climate justice, then we can't work on any kind of justice. Religious texts and traditions have long told us that we humans need to face our brokenness and to change our actions and attitudes toward one another and the natural world in which we are embedded so that we can indeed do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly together on earth, our common home. Both church and society are beginning to acknowledge an unprecedented sense of urgency. 
at the intersection of creation care, climate justice, COVID-19, and white supremacy and systemic racism. Hothouse Earth is not our destiny, but unless we face the urgency to engage in immediate, vigorous, and positive action, Hothouse Earth could well be our fate. This is no time for apathy or complacency. I certainly agree with you, Jenna, that this is no time for apathy or complacency. But you and I also agree that what we are facing and what we need to change can sometimes feel overwhelming. That's why as followers of Jesus, we need to reinvest in the many and varied resources our faith traditions provide for us. I'm, I'm thinking, for instance, of Galatians 5, 22 through 23, where the Apostle Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, the verse goes like this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. It's so important for us to be spiritually grounded so that we can rise to the challenges that are facing us now and in the crucial decade between now and 2030. And here's how I've come to understand spirituality. Spirituality is really a matter of engaging wholeheartedly with both the mystery of God and the sacredness of God's creation. And we do this through experiences and emotions of wonder and gratitude, of humility and remorse. And the purpose of spirituality, the ultimate purpose, is the healing of the world. And when we engage with the mystery of God and the sacredness of God's creation in these ways, we can live by the Spirit and be guided by the Spirit. Along with being spiritually grounded, we can also learn from the studies done by scientists and see international examples of responses to climate change. Here's an example from Denmark that Doug found for us today. Not long ago, on June 21st of this year, a broad-based coalition representing 171 out of the 179 members of the Danish parliament concluded a landmark climate agreement. By creating the world's first energy islands, this agreement will quadruple Denmark's total offshore wind energy capacity by 2030 and could meet the electricity demand of 7.7 million European households. Energy islands act as hubs, allowing the connection of several offshore wind farms, distributing power between the countries connected to the island. The two Titanic offshore wind energy islands will be located in the North Sea and the Baltic Sea and can help increase Europe's share of renewable energy. Furthermore, this agreement will provide significant investments in the development of carbon capture, excuse me, carbon capture technology and sustainable e-fuels such as green hydrogen. The agreement will also transform the Danish heating sector by lowering taxes on renewables and incentivizing the replacement of oil and gas heaters with heat pumps and district energy. Furthermore, it will also fund charging stations for electric vehicles and help the industrial sector decarbonize through energy efficiency measures and increasing the use of renewable electricity and biogas. 
The biggest difference between Denmark and the USA, obviously, is that such a broad-based coalition is currently impossible here. However, if enough voters turn out on November 3rd to elect Vice President Biden and flip the Senate, perhaps a landmark climate agreement, such as the Green New Deal, would actually stand a chance of becoming federal government policy. So this is a whole lot. This is a moment of urgency. We are on the cusp of change, whether we choose to be agents of change or not. Now is the time to act. It is the time to take bold steps to ensure our future will not be hothouse earth. It is a matter of justice. It is a matter of love and it is a matter of fierce urgency. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Creation Care Conversations. New episodes will be out every other Friday. We hope you'll listen to future episodes.